0: So I, I went down the rabbit hole of, okay, how can every choice I make as a consumer, you know, be made with the idea of, you know, thinking about where does this come from? And, you know, what are, are the actual ingredients and mm-hmm. and the materials that are being used and what happens at the, the end of the life of this product? And mm-hmm. basically my, my mission right now, and I guess I've sort of maybe would categorize myself as becoming a zero waste living advocate. Hi, this is Izumi Tanaka with
1: Home Green Homes podcast. This is an episode number two of season three. My guest today is Amanda Cavallo, who is an architect by profession. She is just as passionate about making a difference in the world, especially the environment. She and I serve on Green Home Committee for USGBC LA. And I was so excited to learn that she is on the mission to create a waste free lifestyle. Here's my conversation with Amanda about how she's doing with her mission, and challenges and hopes that come with it. Enjoy the show. So, Amanda, thank you so much for coming today. And um, first of all, tell us a little bit about you. I know you're an architect, I know you're from Boston. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about you in in terms of how you got to be so interested
0: and passionate about environmental issues. Uh, well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Um, my name is Amanda Cavallo. Um, I, you know, my world revolves around sustainability, um, like you were saying, in my practice and also in my life, and it's, it's hard to pinpoint a single moment where I, you know, became interested in sustainable living and activism. Um, I think uh, for a lot of people, they find it because, um, you know, it's at, at the point where they become educated in how you know important it is and how much potential is there. Um, but for me, it's kind of something that's always been a part of me. Um, you know, just naturally. Um, I guess one aspect of it is growing up, you know, I always was outdoors and I always felt very connected with nature Um, in my love for nature. You know, I was always fascinated with animals and Mm -hmm. interested in ecosystems and learning about how it all works. Um, You know, I would go camping with my family and my dad um, at a time studied marine biology and would teach us all about you know uh, ecosystems in the ocean and we had fish tanks. Um, So that love of science was something that I just grew up with Mm -hmm. and then what led me to architecture um, was kind of the combination of my love for science and creative problem solving um, and my love for art. I was always, you know, a very artsy kid. I was always making things, um, you know, crafting, and I didn't have a lot of money to, you know, buy my own materials. So Mm -hmm. I had to just use what was around me and be resourceful, Um, you know, working with what I had on hand, just junk, you know, toilet paper rolls, scrap paper, you know, reading books on, you know, making paper out of lint from the dryer, that sort of thing. So, you know, from early on, I learned to see the value and potential in materials and resources that usually just got thrown out. And I kind of always took that with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, going into architecture, really those components, sustainable design is essentially just good design. Um, because you're finding the most efficient ways to build something and function. Um, You're trying to maximize the value and uh, the benefits that you're getting out of each choice. Um, So to me, I don't really see any other way to be. Um, I guess one other kind of tipping point for me was um, in architecture school, um, I got my bachelor of architecture from Syracuse University, um, and you know, in all my studios, my projects, I was focusing on you know uh, bringing in sustainable systems and working mm-hmm. with the surrounding ecosystems in nature. Um, and then um, my thesis year, fifth year, you spend the whole year doing one project, mm-hmm. um, and it was I, mine was called Green Culture Revolution. Um, where the physical project itself was addressing sea level rise in Boston, um, exploring this idea of softening the shoreline uh, rather than seawalls and concrete barricades and uh, you know, these systems that we have now that are increasingly failing
1: mm-hmm. and
0: causing severe destruction, um, and instead rebuilding the wetlands um, and reinstating the ecosystems um, that would create a buffer between the ocean and the city uh, that bridges it, uh, rather than cutting it off, and then using that space as you know parks uh, for recreational activities. Um, so my design was you know to do a park with a community center uh, that was made up of amphibious pavilions, um, which are uh, you know the tide can come in and flood the foundation, and then these pavilions. Mm-hmm. And then energy can be generated from the tide pulling in and out. I just thought that was so interesting. Um, And, you know, I didn't invent the idea of an amphibious pavilion, um, but Mm. for me, the study was more so on the idea of working with nature, um, reconnecting with all of the mutually beneficial uh, relationships we could have. So the real, the real meat of it that I was trying to get to, I didn't even really care about the architectural design so much. Um, is you know, investigating how architecture can contribute to an urban social shift in general, uh, a paradigm shift towards nature-based values and lifestyle and and spirituality. Even um, mm-hmm. my my muse was this book um, called Dark Green Religion by Bron mm-hmm. Taylor. I've mentioned to, it to you and I have a copy if you want to borrow it Um, yeah just going deep into how you know sustainability affects us on every level Mm -hmm. what you're describing is
1: actually more than sustainable I think you're really going into more regenerative you know practice whether it's the architecture or the shoreline project it's so fascinating and and you and I really connected because we, um we both share this passion of like, changing the paradigm, like you said, how we live. So and, and even though we, you know, we want to talk to you more about the architectural practice that you you are engaging, but uh, we wanted to talk about your idea of, you know, living waste free, right? Because we, we are inundated with waste you know in the urban culture and modern culture everything comes in packages and stuff so tell me tell me about that and how did you i mean it's pretty obvious that we care and so right. how how is it going I and mean, tell me what your you how you define your waste free or what is your what is it that you're doing in your daily life that you're trying to accomplish
0: right um <laughs> you know first of all the term zero waste, going zero waste, waste free living is just really a buzzword because, mm-hmm. you know, we're truly a long way from actually being zero waste or completely waste free.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, it's just we're trying to reduce the amount mm-hmm. of waste we're producing and make mindful choices as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like we we spoke about sustainability being part of, you know, it has to go beyond just our practice as okay. as green designers is, you know, I I think if we're going to talk the talk, then we have to walk the walk. Yes. Uh, we, need, we need to, you know, if we're going to suggest, you know, all these sustainable systems to our clients, you know, we also need to be practicing these exactly. values. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I went down the rabbit hole of, okay, how can every choice I make as a consumer, you know, be made with the idea of, you know, thinking about where does this come from? And, you know, what are, are the actual ingredients and, mm-hmm. and the materials that are being used and what happens at the, the end of the life of this product? And mm-hmm. um, so basically my, my mission right now, and I guess I've sort of maybe would categorize myself as becoming a zero waste living advocate um, is just, I'm on my own personal mission to Mm -hmm. reduce the amount of waste that I produce and, and to educate myself and then just wanting to share what I'm learning um, with other, the other people in my life um, in the hopes that they get inspired and encouraged to do the same.
1: Yeah. So um, I know we, we both are trying so hard, like I am, you know, trying to reduce my plastic waste, you know, for instance, and I have pledged not to buy those uh, sandwich bags or s- saran wraps or plastic wraps, and I'm replacing with uh bee wax and silicones and things like that. So tell me some of the things that you have been doing. And, and as you said, I think, the point of what we are doing is that you and I are learning as we go, and then we are able to share with other people so that other people can do the same or, you know, pick up the same idea of thinking about where the product comes from and where it goes after we we dispose of it and how do we dispose of it. So I'm really curious to know how you are doing and what kind of things that you are doing to, to
0: accomplish that right yeah and that's exactly it is just you know changing your mindset mm-hmm. um, and then you kind of figure it out and yes yeah. it's, it's one small change at a time you know one yeah. swap one change of habit and mm-hmm. it's not overnight and it's not going to be perfect and that's okay and i think exactly we need to remind people of that to make it feel less overwhelming um yeah. more approachable um so what i started doing is you know i was just already doing this for myself and whenever I would, you know, have a friend visit, it was like show and tell because I would be all excited like, oh, like, look at this new uh, sustainable leaf razor I got and rose golds. I love it, you know, and <laughs> and putting it out there. And then um, me and a close friend of mine, uh, Carolina Royan, who's also an architect, uh, decided to start a, a channel, um, social media channel, um, and just start making videos of all of these things that we're learning and like all our favorite swaps just so we can, you know, put it out there. And, you know, if, if we can reach our, just our friends and family and some okay. of them make the swaps great, okay. you know, it's, it's doing something. And then if we reach even more people than that, even better. Um, so that um, it's, it's, we're working on it. It's still very new, very fresh, um, but it's called Turn to Earth Collective. Mm. Um, we have an Instagram um, that's Return to Earth Collective, with underscores between the words, um, and on TikTok it's just a Return to Earth with underscores. Um, and so, you know, we've we've put out a few posts so far, and we're working through it. And I have this whole list, this whole notebook of, you know, thoughts and ideas, and all of these companies that I'm following and brands and products. You know that i've just been keeping for myself so we're we're working down the list and, and <laughs> to share with everyone um, yeah so so share some of the items that you have on your list um sure so it's it's anything um <laughs> there's a lot so like some examples <laughs> of zero waste in general i guess mm-hmm. might be mm-hmm. uh, you know switching away from single-use disposable products obviously uh, to right. reuse. so the examples most people know at this point are, you know, having your reusable water bottle instead of using mm-hmm. plastic water bottles, or, you know, your thermos to get your coffee uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, getting the the paper cup that's not recyclable with the plastic lid that probably will never actually be recycled. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, having tote bags um, for shopping uh, rather than using, you know, plastic grocery bags at the store. Um, you know I stopped buying paper towels and I got these pretty bamboo cotton or bamboo and cotton cloths um that I just reuse and they go in the laundry and mm-hmm. get washed and I just keep using them and that's something you know that used to be the way it was before paper towels were invented in the 50s or whatever yeah um, So, and then the other big aspect that's really important to me is uh, avoiding plastic as much as possible. That's like Mm -hmm. a huge one. It's a huge problem. And I think there are a lot of people that don't realize how much of a problem it is. Um, And so, you know, that could be, you know, something that I've really been working on is uh, buying, you know food, dry goods in bulk um, and Mm -hmm. refilling my own containers, my own jars, um, Mm -hmm. you know, going to, um, there are zero waste shops. There's plenty around LA, lucky for us, you know, where Mm -hmm. you can take your own jars and you can fill up on, you know, toiletries and cleaning products and all that. And you're just cutting all that unnecessarily, unnecessary plastic out, Mm -hmm. you know, or just like, when you go to the grocery store or the farmer's market, like, and you're getting produce, pick the things that aren't wrapped in plastic because they don't need to be. Right. Um, um, another example might be weaning myself off of fast fashion. Um,
1: mm-hmm. That's okay. another
0: one where, you know, people don't realize the uh, the carbon footprint of the fast fashion industry. And yeah. you know, even if you donate clothes to a Goodwill or a thrift shop, most of those clothes don't get sold and they end up in the landfill. Mm. Um, so just trying to uh, invest in higher quality, timeless, you know, clothing made from natural materials, organic cotton, bamboo, hemp, linen, um, mm-hmm. or ideally, you know, starting by um, shopping at thrift shops or repairing or repurposing something I already have, um, you know, getting it on Poshmark or eBay, you know, and then if I really had to get, you know, a new pair of uh yoga pants that spandex or something you know there's some companies that i found that i really like that are Mm -hmm. at least using recycled you know 80 Mm percent recycled plastic or something Mm -hmm. like
1: that yeah so you know like you said you're in la we're in la where we can have access to say no waste products so what are the you know those are those are huge challenges and even for me too like um going to grocery stores, and it's so hard for me not to buy produce that doesn't come in plastic, you know, and, and what are the other challenges that you find, like in in, in your effort and in your in your uh, desire to not consume plastic, you know, products that come in plastic, what do you find it most difficult?
0: Well, like you said, it's part of it is accessibility is an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's hard to find in a lot of places. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's by design. You know, Mm we know that the oil companies are pushing plastics. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, uh, accumulate more wealth. And um, it's everywhere. Um, And I think really it's just doing the best you can, like make, make choices based on that. Like, oh, you know, maybe I just won't get cherry tomatoes because I can't find any that don't come in this plastic box. So instead I'll go for, you know, the larger tomatoes on a vine Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for now. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it's doing the best we can with what we have now, but then it's also pushing for more of those options to become available, um, Mm -hmm. you know, expressing your interest and desire in these things. a huge part of it, and, and you know, this is one of the number one things I say in trying to convince people, you know, why they should bother um, when they're up against, you know, oil companies mm-hmm. and these big corporations and companies mm-hmm. that are, they are causing 80% of the plastic waste in the world. Right. The reason we should try to do it in our own personal lives is because, you know, using the power of your dollar, like consumer choices drive the market. So Mm -hmm. creating demand collectively to, to start seeing that market change and more uh, sustainable options becoming available to more people. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that does work. It takes a lot of time. It starts in places like LA and then hopefully, you know, disperses out to other cities. Um, So, and then it's the other hurdle is just, you know educating yourself and having Mm -hmm. to take time to do the research and Mm -hmm. that's part of you know what me and Carolina are trying to trying to do is to you know we share the research so you don't have other people don't have to do the work you know necessarily people don't have time yeah It's, it's confusing um you know and that's what other things that we're trying to put in there is, you know, tips as to navigate the confusing things like, okay, what actually goes in the compost bin and what mm-hmm. doesn't? What actually, yeah. goes in the bin. how does that all work? And you know, mm-hmm. what is greenwashing? You know, right. how do I tell the difference between companies that are lying about how sustainable they are and like what are the red flags to look for? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And then the last part is, um, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a privilege, especially. Yeah. To be Mm -hmm. able to go zero waste and to, you know, put the energy into thinking about it, first of all, Mm -hmm. but then also having access to these things, you know, and in a lot of cases it becomes boutique. So it's, it's buying bulk is something that should actually save you money. Like going zero waste, you do it not just because, you know, you're protecting the earth or whatever, it's Mm -hmm. for your own benefit. It's because you're making choices that are healthier for you. And that yeah. are going to save you money in the long run. Um, yeah. So, you know, finding places that can afford to sell zero waste goods, you know, at the price that they're actually meant to be, um, without you know the the subsidies um, that we see in oil and you know cow farming and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, where it's a challenge, mm-hmm. but I think people people can make change changes in their lifestyles and their habits when they are really motivated to like mm-hmm. you'll mm-hmm. so it's yeah just, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. trying to make people see the value in it so that they feel motivated to do so
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes I agree with you completely that
1: you know to be able to to shop so mindfully you know whether it's food product without plastic or you know a lot of the like skincare, personal care products all come in plastic containers. And to be able to go to like the store that you introduced me to in Santa Monica, the no Way's uh, store, um, that's really feels very exclusive, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what do you think what, that we can do in terms of like you and I can talk to each other all day long about this, right? and we can talk to a lot of our colleagues who are in the field of sustainability but i think the uh, real challenge is to talk to people who are not thinking that and and you know whether they're in the privileged uh world or unprivileged and it's like people who are not really thinking about oh you know i should think about not wasting you know putting stuff in the landfill do you have any tips in terms of how we can reach those people and and live you know more more mindfully and not i guess you know not wasting plastic or not wasting you know a food um i i i find that to be the biggest challenge for myself so if you have any tip you know how to how to talk to those people like how, what can we do? How how can we inform
0: them without being pretty? Right, yeah, and I, I certainly feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is setting up your expectations, you know, going in knowing that people are going to be resistant. They mm-hmm. are afraid of change, um, changing your habits is, is hard, um, they're going to be skeptical. Um, so I think you know, coming in with that understanding and and having empathy is important because then you aren't going to react with, you know, the frustration Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, start arguing with them or, you know, you won't be exhausting yourself because, you know, you feel so passionately about this and Mm -hmm. you're trying to get through to them, but you can't, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's for people to change it, it takes time and it's going to take, you know, gentle persistence and they also have to hear it from multiple resources you know you're not going to convince them in one conversation right exactly i think keeping that in mind is helpful for for me and my own sanity um the other part is like you said when you're you're talking to people about it is you don't want to sound preachy or judgmental you don't want to come from a place of you know trying to make them feel guilty Mm -hmm. or pressured to make a change that that they don't feel like they really want to make um and just really being more positive and and, and encouraging and coming from the the angle of just sharing you know your own positive experience Mm -hmm. and leading by example is a huge part of it you know people will people need to feel like they are uh like it's their idea, like they're making the decision on their own accord and not because someone else told them to. So if, you know, if they're seeing you make changes and it's working out in a positive way for you, you know and you're kind of like, look how great this is and it's it's sexy and appealing, then that's how more people are gonna get drawn in. So that's, you know, that's my approach and that's our approach with this um, return to earth vlog is, is trying to put out, you know, the, how, how great it could be, you know, Mm -hmm. if we made changes in our lives and, and, you know, shifted the market to a more circular economy versus a a linear economy and, you know, how much money you can spend and and how much better you feel about your choices and all that.
1: Yeah. Well, tell me a story. One, one story to share where you felt so, uh, excited or fulfilled by by your effort to to reduce your waste? Is there any any big thing that you can share?
0: Uh, it it happens all the time. I feel like it's yeah. constant ups and downs. You know, there are definitely moments that are exhausting and discouraging, but then there are those moments that like hit me like, "Wow, okay, you know, maybe it I, it is going to make a difference, and it's mm-hmm. one person at a time." Um, yeah. So. I guess one example would be I I just started posting on my Instagram stories, just on my personal account, because I like I said, I was excited and I wanted to share this stuff and and I got this this leaf razor. Um that's you know, it's this pretty rose gold metal handle. There's no plastic involved and it's you know it's a three blade and you just replace the actual blades when they get dull uh-huh. and you can mail them back to the company and they recycle them and put them out more and oh, wow. it's great and you know it was the to get the initial kit is an investment I think it was like $80 or something mm-hmm. um but in the long run it'll save me money because it's the last razor that I'll ever need to buy um, yeah. so I was excited to make sure and I posted it on Instagram and put it out there and then I got a message from a woman that I met um just around here in Santa Monica she uh-huh. was working at a cafe I frequent the one that yeah. we got coffee at actually um, <laughs> and you know we just we were acquaintances and we followed each other on instagram and she messaged me and she was like amanda thanks so much for posting this like i've been looking for something like this it's so cool i'm definitely going to get one you know something like that and i was like oh my gosh this was unexpected someone i reached someone i helped um, someone yeah yeah. yeah that's enough yeah the most we can do you know yes yeah, it's Um, the little things that the the collective effort right Um, yeah
1: wow that's that's great i am so grateful that you're doing it one day at a time one person at a time and one thing at a time right i mean i i see that there are more more and more products out there that are that are very consciously created and you know thought through to the end of that products life cycle and and you know i'm po- i'm quite hopeful that we are definitely on the right track and and you know it takes people like you to keep the movement going so thank you so much amanda and so um your youtube channel is already alive return to the earth, return to earth collective
0: uh no youtube channel channel yet we will okay. be for okay. that right now it's just um instagram instagram okay um you know we have an email uh, return to earth collective at gmail.com if people okay. want to contact us with questions okay um, but yeah we're going to get a, a website together and you know we're we're working on it one thing at a time but i thought this was a good opportunity to yeah there and and start um collecting followers and um hopefully we can reach more people
1: yeah, definitely. And when you have when your website is up, but you can always come back and talk to us about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd to <laughs> report. There's, there's a lot of things in the pipeline right now, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited to know you, and I'm excited to
0: kind of grow together and do oh all God. these things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's what gives hope, too, right? Is is entering this community of like-minded folks that all have this mm-hmm. passion and realizing that they're actually a lot of us and it's growing yeah. the day. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much, Amanda. So um, return to return to Earth Collective. That's uh, let's let's look for them on Instagram and TikTok. Right? right. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. This was Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes, the podcast. Thank you so much. Until the next episode. <laughs>